Hi, this is Laura. And this is Kara. And we're here today to talk about a very special dog named B-Dog, who was a long stay at Indianapolis Animal Care Services. Um, long stay meaning he was at the shelter for an extended amount of time. Mm-hmm. We judge long stay by when a dog has, or cat has been at the shelter over 60 days. So about two months, we start looking okay. at him as a long stay. And B-Dog was with us for around five months. Oh, yeah. I remember. Saw him several times. He kind of grabbed your heart. You couldn't help but like him. He's Mm -hmm. um, an older dog. He came in with another dog named Indy. That's right. Um, They're both seniors. B-Dog's about 12. Um, And seniors, they struggle to adjust at the shelter because, you know, especially owner-surrendered seniors because everything they know is just changed. Right. They are in a strange place, and they're uncomfortable on concrete Mm because they usually have arthritis, and they're stubborn, and they're used to their routine. And, like, we all are usually... Even when you're not older. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, he struggled. And one of our main challenges with B-Dog was he really liked Indy, his friend that he'd been with. But he does not like other dogs. Mm-hmm. And he's large. He's about 100 pounds. Yeah. So that limited our field of where to place him. Yeah. And there he sat and sat and sat. Yeah. So it was like a kind of like a layered thing. He was older. He was big. And then I know he had some medical issues. Like, um, I remember he had, like, on his leg, yeah, like a little fatty tumor. And sometimes that throws people off. But, and then not liking dogs. And I don't think cats either. Yeah. And no cats. Um, He didn't care for cats. Uh, We we don't do cat assessments at the shelter because there's no humane way to do them. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about it. I mean, put a cat in a room, bring the dog into the room. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Sounds awful, right? Right. So, Cats are kind of our X factor, but his previous owner uh, was able to tell us that he didn't care for cats. Right. Uh, and then just even walking through on the lobby area, we have our free room cat yeah. rooms up there, and he'd come up and grump and look at the cats since we were like, so okay, you knew. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, in a busy household like ours, when you have like five kids and just the business of that, that would not make B-Dog very happy. No. He needed like a calm, quiet, you know, home. Yeah. Yeah. He did. I mean, and he's, he had never lived with young children. So Mm -hmm. kind of thinking again, you know, as a senior, you're suddenly, would you suddenly want to go live with, you know, a house full of three-year-olds that you'd never met before? Right. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And the arthritis thing, you know, like little kids, they don't mean to, but they're going to bump and push and Mm -hmm. fall and throw things and, you know, yeah. He was a sweet, I mean, he is a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. And that's the thing. Like we all just... We were like, we have to find the right place for B-Dog mm-hmm. because he is such a sweet old soul and he deserves it. And so we started looking at our rescue partners, which is a huge asset to us at the shelter. We, not all of the animals that leave our shelter leave through adoptions. Um, a lot of them leave through rescue partners, which means there's other groups, um, humane societies, private rescue organizations, um, sometimes other shelters, but not as often shelters as in like city run or municipal shelters. Yeah that come and take dogs and cats from us um, and adopt out at their facilities. Which I never knew until you explained that. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And sometimes I would see people walking around or you would tell me a certain group came in and pulled some, you know, so that's how I found out. It was, it's, anyway, go ahead. It was cool to, to see that there's such a relationship between. And we couldn't make it without that relationship because there just isn't, we have so many animals that come through our building like just just numbers and there's not the volume that can come through and adopt. And a lot of the animals that we get in, 
they're a little broken. Like they may need mm-hmm. a medical procedure or some work on a behavior concern that we can't manage at the shelter. We just don't have the medical yeah. staff or the adoption counselor staff to, you know, place some of these animals in the appropriate home and not just place them, but offer appropriate support. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause it's, we don't want to say, okay, here's this dog. We think this tumor on its leg might be cancer, might not be mm-hmm. cancer. Have fun with that vet, vet bill. Right. Um, see see you later. We have nothing else to offer you but our our love and support. Exactly. Um, so that, and we do some, you know, we go back and forth of if we should be trying, you know, because there are those people out there that would say, yeah, I got this. I'm going to take this dog to the vet and I'm going to figure right. out what's going on. But that's where our rescue partners come in. And they'll also just take animals just to help us with our space because they have the space at their facilities. Yeah. Being the only open admissions facility in Marion County. And open admissions, what do you mean by that? Meaning we have to take every animal that comes to our door, regardless of health, temperament, or our ability to house the Mm. animal. So we have to make it work. Got it. So fortunately, we have our rescue partners. Um, Hamilton County Humane Society came down shortly before Christmas, and they decided to take B-Dog. And that's when he was living in the front office, wasn't it? Yeah, B-Dog, we had kind of decided that we would just keep B-Dog in the front office for the rest of his life, if that's what it came to. Um, He became uh, very close with one of our enforcement supervisors. He would take him out for lunch. He slept in his office, but he couldn't, you know, take him home because he has two other dogs. Right. I know because he pulled my heartstrings because I would see him and like walk with him and stuff. And he just like would lean in. He just Mm -hmm. wanted attention, just soaked it up. And I remember I talked to my husband and I was like, there's this dog named B-Dog and we need to. But our house would be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But we prayed for him and just thought about him all the time. So go ahead. Yeah, he captured our hearts too. Yeah, he's like, he was a really special guy and we did, he was on the news. We, you know, had him all over Facebook. People did photo shoots with him. I mean, we were like pulling out the stops to find a place for this guy. And we were so glad Hamilton County Humane came and took him to their shelter. They have, you know, more staff and a larger, you know, base than we do. Um, It's a smaller facility. Yeah. um, Newer, probably too. Newer. They have more medical resources. Mm -hmm. So even though he's still up for adoption at Hamilton County Humane, so... If you're listening and you don't have other pets, you really should go see him. But I know he's getting the best care there. Yeah. And another opportunity to be adopted that unfortunately we weren't able to give him while he was with us. Right. Kind of the, even though, you know, we loved having him in the front office and everyone was really attached to him. It's he lost like 15 pounds Mm -hmm. at the shelter. He wasn't eating on a regular basis. So you had to kind of coax him to eat. He was having a recurring problem with his ears. The kennel area is kind of a moist environment. So Mm -hmm. he just wasn't, you know, our living area for him wasn't what he needed to be healthy. Yeah. And he wasn't overweight, so he didn't need to lose 15 pounds. No, he did not need to lose 15 pounds. And it's really hard to see a dog just kind of waste away, waste away, just kind of start to disappear because we aren't able to get him adopted. Yeah. But I know you guys promoted him on um, a rescue's day out. Did we you did. get a lot of feedback about him? Or? Oh gosh, yeah, we did it several times, and um, I want to say the last time we did it before he was taken out by the rescue partner, I think we had four thousand and like seen by four thousand, and then I can't even tell you how many shares. It was like twenty, thirty, thirty, not thirty thousand. That'd be like amazing. Yeah, <laughs> twenty or thirty shares. So I knew it was really getting out there. And I know a lot of people supported them. It was 
is just a very unique mm-hmm. situation and home that he would have to be in, which rules out a lot of normal adopters. You yeah. know, a lot of the doctors coming through our families have kids or with other pets. So that just kind of, it's a lot of strikes against the, the old guy, but yeah, lots of love and support for B-Dog. And My, it's, it's hard to not feel discouraged too, because I mean, you had just thousands, you know, thousands and that's just yeah. from your site. Plus other people were sharing him. We yes. shared him on this, you know, our, our Facebook page through the shelter. So, Instagram, your guys' Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then he had those adorable photos taken, Yeah, which is a whole nother episode later on about partners with f- photography and stuff like that. But I mean, his like his hats and his like his little scarves and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we really did try to make him like the most adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap him up with a bow kind of thing. And he is the most adorable. And you you looked it up and he's still waiting there. He's still waiting. He's still at Hamilton County Humane um, up for adoption. And how many do you think dogs that are taken out from the rescue partners usually? I'm sure you probably don't have like a, a firm number, but like a percentage like ish. We hear about dogs that are in rescue that are still at the rescue that we sent out years ago, like three years ago, two years ago. Oh, really? And and that kind of makes, you know, me pause and think, what am I doing here? Like, am I just sending these dogs to sit someplace else for years? Right. But I know they're getting, you know, good care. You know, the rescue partners, like they are so dedicated to the dogs and cats they take. I mean, they keep them for life unless something, you know, extreme happens. Right. um, Where they're no longer safe or it's not medically, wouldn't be medically humane um, to keep them. But they're very dedicated to the animals that they they take into their care. So which is why adoption is so important. Like even if you don't Mm want to go to a city shelter, you know, you have to go to a rescue group or a humane society someplace because when you adopt that animal from the rescue group, then they're going to come back to the city shelter when they have that spot open and get get another animal. So you're really, and then there's a spot for the animal coming after that. So you're really saving three lives when you adopt from a rescue. Yeah. And they offer a lot of follow-up support. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of, uh, they put a lot of medical care into the animals. So you're probably getting a a dog or cat that's really been fully vetted. Yeah. Um, gone over with a fine tooth comb. They've probably been in a foster home. That's what I was going to say. A lot of them, especially the smaller ones are fosters. Yeah. Which we've, we've, uh, adopted a few that were from a local, um, rescue. And that's the way it was like, they're all fostered. So you were able to get more information that the shelter can never tell you because they're in a shelter and not in a home environment, like gets along with kids, doesn't like cats, you know, like, you know, wakes up in the middle of the night, just different things that you wouldn't be able to get. But I, I like the idea of knowing that you save three by adopting one. That's a really cool statistic. Yeah. And how many do you think percentage wise are taken from the shelter? Like by rescues? I don't have an exact number, but it's fairly sizable. Yeah. I mean, I want to say like 20%. That's amazing. I mean, no one quote me on that as like an exact statistic. <laughs> our, our statistics are available on our uh, city website. If you would like to look up those exact numbers. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a huge dent in our population. We have a full-time rescue coordinator. Um, her oh, name's right. Julie Zink. Um, she is a saint. She has done so much for the animals of this city and mm. really built from the ground up um, the rescue network um, that we are fortunate to have. And do they come in weekly or monthly? Or It Daily, just depends. Weekly. Oh. 
And just any, depends. And any, yeah, it just depends. And anytime they come, no matter if they take one dog or, you know, 10 dogs, we're always happy to see them. I don't know how many times we've been, you know, our team's been kind of thinking, what are we going to do? We have no space. Like we're starting the day with zero empty cages. Right. And then someone from uh, the Humane Society will walk into my office and be like, hey, mm-hmm. we're here to take 10 You're dogs. Like, oh. And I like, I literally <laughs> want to hug these people, but I don't want to creep them out. So I don't. <laughs> Tears flowing. Yeah. Yes. But we're just. It really, it makes all the difference. Yes. So, but B-Dog is, he's really representative of a problem that every shelter, Humane Society, rescue in the world faces, which is there's always those dogs or cats that are sitting that you love, that you think are amazing. Right. And for whatever reason, they're just not getting adopted. Yeah. And I know some of them, like I'll see the post, they'll say, he or she's amazing. I took our took him out like for a freedom day and I'll read all about him and like, how is this dog not getting picked up right away? Yeah. You know, why are they getting passed? So yeah. And I think it a lot of it comes back to the longer they're there, they look more stressed out. Mm-hmm. Like B Dog and it's physically deteriorating. Yeah. Their cage presence gets worse. Yes. Um that whole, you know, they want the attention so they're barking at the cage and no one wants to stop because they're barking at the cage so yeah. they bark louder because they want you to stop and it just Like Annabelle. Yes, like Annabelle. And now, like, I just heard from her mom yesterday, and she looks amazing. It's not even the same dog. Like, even the look on her face. But she she had horrible cage presence. Hor- horrible cage presence, horrible. yeah. Doesn't Annabelle live with, like, a little three-legged dog now, yes. too? Yes, yeah. yeah. That's just perfect. I know. And, you, and, and, and honestly, I would have just, the time around her, I wouldn't known if she was good with dogs because of her cage presence. Like you'd be a little nervous. And now I feel like she always looks like she's smiling where when she was in the shelter, she always looked like eyes big, mm-hmm. like stress. Yeah. Like, me, me. And now she just has her tongue hanging out. It's just, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Know. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. The transition they make. And when they do get into a home and I do believe that they, even though you've been in the shelter for a long time, you can go into a home and, you know, recover yes. from that. It just takes time yes. and patience, but We've had to be creative and come up with other programs to help our long stays. Uh, we can't just, you know, ship them all off to rescue partners. Mm. Um, you know, it's a problem that we all have to work together on. Yeah. Um, so we have our Freedom for a Day program. Yes, which, which we already talked yes, about. Yes, which we talked yeah. about and you participate in. Um, and then we came up with another program called Cuddle Before You Commit. Um, my friend Danny and I went to a conference in Austin this fall through Maddie's Fund. We were fortunate to receive a grant to go to they're, they have a life-saving seminar. It's a week long. Um, it's open to any anyone who works, you know, at a shelter or rescue. And we went to Austin Pets Alive, which is one of the premier shelters in the country, in my opinion. They do amazing things. And it's in Austin, Texas. And it's in Austin, so Texas, bonus. which is just fun <laughs> to go to anyway. So we got to go and learn from them for a week. And we learned a lot, and it also gave us a chance to just talk and brainstorm and just really mm. focus on, you know, the shelter without the daily running of the shelter, right. you know, on our plate. And we were just, we were talking, and we were thinking, you know, there's got to be a middle ground between, you know, the Freedom Day program when you go out for an afternoon or a day, what have you, and traditional fostering mm-hmm. where you're taking the dog home, you know, for however long you want. You're not adopting it necessarily, but to, I think that's really daunting to a lot of people right. because it sounds very final. It sounds like a lot a, of responsibility. A big commitment. A big commitment. And then you have your foster fails too. Yeah. And then you have your foster fails. <laughs> Which for those of you that don't 
know what that is. That's when you foster and you fall in love and you adopt and now you can't foster anymore. And I can't foster anymore. Yeah. Which happens to a lot of our fosters because it's yeah. really, really easy to do. Yeah. And then we were just kind of joking and it was like, yeah, you need like a test drive or something. Yeah. Or, and I think I made a joke about like um, like dating in college about like, yeah, you're not going to commit right away. You know, no. you got to see how things are going to go first. And so we came up with Cuddle Before You Commit. I love it. Um, and I love the name too. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't, it sounds low pressure. It totally does. I mean, just. You're just going to cuddle for a while. You're just going to cuddle for a little bit. You, yeah. you can ghost each other after that if that's what you want to do (laughs) it doesn't have to be anything serious so we came up with that program and also adoption one thing we talked about in the conference and once we thought about it it really rang true and I hadn't thought about it from that angle before but when you adopt a dog or cat you come up you know to this desk and you get this paperwork and you have to put all your information on it yeah and there's a person asking you questions and there's a contract yeah. Um, and the language in the contract is, you know, pretty serious and it's important. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, abandon the pet. You can't go and sell it. Yeah. Um, you have to care for it. There's a clause about if you're not caring for it, um, an animal control officer can come to your home and investigate the situation, which is in our city ordinance and isn't unique to adoptions. I mean, we investigate neglect. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very daunting, I think, to people, the finality of that. And then they feel when they have to return Mm-hmm. a dog or cat for whatever mm-hmm. reason, like they've really broken a trust. Yeah. Like they've yeah. failed mm-hmm. and no one likes to feel like failure. a failure. Right. And we do such a high volume of adoptions. We don't have a lot of post-adoption support. Uh, that's kind of a, a need we are hoping to fill. And I think that's going to be a new thing in sheltering is really providing that post-adoption support for people. Yeah. Which would be like, that also requires more manpower or woman power, but also like funding too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's a long list of, of needs, but I agree. You need some post follow-up. Something. Yeah. Cause then you just kind of disappear with this dog or cat and it's, it's and you, you don't know who to call. Like yeah. if something, you know, like if you see something, cause it takes a while for them to decompress and chill and relax. And after they get out of the shelter. Cause when you brought home blue cheese, he took a while to, I mean, he was a puppy, he but he was a puppy, which we feel guilty about. You <laughs> <laughs> He's beautiful. You shouldn't feel guilty. I know. He's perfect. I know. There's just so many dogs out there. But, um, yeah, I think it's because he was a puppy. But we've adopted all of our dogs. We've had six of them. And all of our dogs have been shelter dogs. They've all – you you kind of discover, like, our one dog named Mac, he was um, a shelter dog in another county. And he was found running. And he was 15 pounds underweight. And we got him. And, I mean – it's like dating like you're getting to know each other like mm-hmm. what do you like what don't you like yeah. you know <laughs> and uh we found out he had a horrible fear of being in crates which we thought was really odd because he had spent like a month in a kennel you know but i mean like to the point where we'd come home and there'd be blood like oh him trying to get out of of these things and we were like we just can't do this anymore oh so and he does really good outside of his crate except for garbage cans and we found out he loves i mean obsession with garbage cans as soon as we leave like the garbage will be strewn throughout the entire house <laughs> like from the back door to the front coffee grounds egg uh, thing so then we had to learn you need to lock yeah. up the garbage can so you, like dating like you learn each other but it took what months to kind of figure this out and now that we we know this about him he's not in a crate and we lock up the garbage can but you don't know that when you just find a little guy at the shelter so yeah yeah, you don't, and it takes time, and that makes me think of my dog, um, Orion, that I had for years, and he's kind of like my 
my very special dog that will always be in my heart. And he loved to eat the trash. And he would, <laughs> I'd come home and he'd put himself in the corner because that That's was my <laughs> punishment for him when he started. He's like, go to the corner, Orion. You ate the trash. And I'd come home and he'd look at me and the trash would be on the floor and he'd just go sit in the corner and he'd look at me like... It was worth it, Mom. It was like, so good. He had some good stuff in there. I'll sit in the corner all day. He was a big fat lab, and yeah. So As he's like wiping his yeah, lips in the yeah. corner. <laughs> he just—it was his jam. He didn't care what the, the consequence was. Yeah. So I mean, I had like a little studio apartment, and had to kind of think of different places to put you yeah. know, the trash can. And but yeah, you you work through those quirks. I mean, we have them too. I think people forget that animals. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every single person. Yeah. We all have our things, Mm -hmm. things that, you know, are little bad habits. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. they are no different. They are Mm -hmm. no different. So the cuddle program was hoping to take some of that pressure off and some of that stigma of the finality. And when you sign up to participate in it, you have someone, well, me, you can email me. Um, My email address is on the paperwork or call for support. And then our adoption counselors usually give, you know, their email also, and they try to help with those follow-ups. So if, you know, you get home and things aren't going quite what you thought mm-hmm. or you're running into some of those little quirks and you just want to talk through it with yeah. someone, you have someone to talk through it with. Oh, yeah. Like, perfect example, like our friend, our mutual friend that brought home a little guy. Um, well, actually, he was a big guy. But she would, she had never had two dogs at the same time. So seeing them play together, I know I went over there because she was a little worried. And, and watching them play really, really made her nervous. But I was like, no, this is normal. Like, look at their their posture look at you know he's mm-hmm. going all the things about it and I remember I even took a video and sent it like sent it to her of my dog's plane to show her like this is normal that's something and she was really worried about it she was going to separate them but they were truly just playing playing yeah yeah, yeah. she sent I think either she or you sent me yes. the video and I was like this body language is great and yeah they're loving each other yeah but yeah. if you've never had you know two you know larger breed dogs playing in your living room it's it's kind of a lot I mean it's right. literally you know bull in a china shop you know they're flying noises. around and flopping and mm-hmm. you know making noises and so that's something to get used to and if you don't have someone to reach out you may just say oh my gosh I have to return this dog I failed I can't have two dogs right or they're I feel like they're being aggressive and they're just plain so that's the yeah. kind of stuff that you guys are able to help with with yeah the cuddle. Mm-hmm. and one of our kind of big success stories where I feel like that safety net helped was a dog named chief and you met him at the shelter I did he was yeah we, we were there to do a freedom day out uh, for a dog named Piper but chief was in there and he was new he, I think he, he was like pretty brand, maybe a week, if that, a couple of days. And we walked and he wanted, he saw my girls and you could tell like he liked kids because he, he tried to get up and greet them and he was coughing. And then he just kind of laid back down and I said, oh, buddy, I could tell he was sick. He came into the shelter sick. So, yeah, but he was sweet. Go ahead. Yeah, he was, he was a sweet boy and he, his cough, we found out it was actually also due to advanced heartworm disease. Mm. So we really needed to get him treated. And you can't do that in the shelter. We don't. Uh, the shelter environment, it's high stress. And part of during the heartworm treatment, you know, and you should always talk to your vet about, you know, what's mm-hmm. best during, you know, any medical procedure. But we've learned that, you know, they have to keep their heart rate lower. Yeah. And the environment of the shelter is really stressful. Right. It's hard for them to relax. Yeah. Um, well, that medication is working to kill the heartworms. Yeah. And then their system also has to dissolve those heartworms. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, so they can leave their body mm-hmm. um, after the medication has killed them. So their little systems have to work quite a bit to to come back from that. Yeah. So uh, he needed to go to a home. Yeah. He needed to go to a home to yeah. complete that treatment. Yeah. We see more and more heartworm disease in Marion County. Yeah. Um, in the shelter. 
Uh, we cover the cost of treatment, so it's not a barrier to adoption. Because it's expensive. It's expensive, yeah. but it's so important to have your dogs on heartworm prevention. I mean, yeah. if you can't financially afford to do it all year, at least do it in the warm months when the mosquitoes are out. Right. Because it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable for the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no one wants worms in their heart. No. So chief, we, we wanted to get him out. Um, he got adopted and it's sad. His cough was so loud. The original adopter. Oh, I saw that. They lived in an apartment and it was a really quiet community Mm -hmm. and neighbors were complaining about the dog coughing and management got involved, which just broke my heart. I'm like, come on, he's sick. I know. He's not going to cough forever. I I saw that. I saw that on the post when he was returned. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And they felt really bad. They felt really bad. And I felt so bad for them because they were, they really wanted to help him. But you can't get evicted. evicted. Right. Mm -hmm. So they really didn't have much of a choice there. And so he came back and um, was adopted briefly um, and returned because then we learned he didn't like cats. (laughs) He he liked him as like cat nuggets. Yeah, he liked him as cat nuggets, which we don't condone. So (laughs) he said, no cat nuggets for you come on back to the shelter. And so we really pushed him for our cuddle program. And there was a couple that graciously took him. And when they got him home, he seemed really anxious. He was uh. breaking out of his crate. Uh. Um, he, they have another dog and they did a, they seemed to do fine, but chief seemed afraid of the other dog. Oh. Um, and they felt like, you know, maybe we're doing the wrong thing here. He seems afraid of our other dog. He's trying to break out of crates. Maybe he's unhappy here. Yeah. Uh, and they reached out to bring him back. They said, hey, we need to bring Chief back to the shelter. And so I said, well, what's going on? And we started talking through the issues. I try and remind people, you know, it was like in the past week, Chief has been, well, it was like almost two weeks. He'd been adopted. He'd been returned. Right. He underwent heartworm treatment. Right. During his second adoption, found out he didn't like the cats, came back, went to your house, yeah. So this is like three homes and an overnight medical stay in not quite two weeks and coming back to the shelter in between those three yeah, he's homes. He's like, what the heck? Yeah. Like yeah. his little mind is just blown. Like you need to give him a minute to calm down. Right. And relax. Right. And, you know, we were fortunate. They decided to stick with him and we kept communicating with the family um, and he did calm down. He became less fearful. They took him out, you know, and kind of socialized him. They took him to the pet store, walked around. Um, really worked to integrate him into their lives. Um, And they ended up keeping him. And it felt like such a success because with his undergoing the heartworm treatment and how stressed he was at the shelter, we were really worried about his physical health being back at the shelter, having undergone the treatment so recently, and his mental health. Because that's a lot. I mean, you know, think about if that was your life, Mm -hmm. how stressed out and um, disassociated you would feel if you jumped around to three homes in, you know, a week and a half. Right. And the mental health affects everything. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So that was really um, a win for us. And I don't feel like Chief would have been able to be successful if we didn't have the cuddle program. Yeah. And the support. Offer that support. Yeah. Knowing that if if it didn't work out, like you said, it didn't feel like a failure Mm -hmm. because the cuddle commitment, isn't it like two weeks? Yeah. And then you kind of like, yeah, it's like cuddle for two weeks, see how it goes. And then it kind of goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the two weeks where you is the kind of the initial commitment. Like, mm-hmm. give it two weeks because there's a decompression period for the animal when they get home. Yeah, and we really want to encourage people to 
at least get past that. Right. Like give it more than a couple of days, you know, try and give them two weeks, see how you do. Let's talk through what happens. <clears throat> and then when you come in, you fill out all of the paperwork that you would if you were adopting mm-hmm. or if you want to go to a traditional foster, just mm-hmm. in case, just to have it on file so you don't have to make a second trip. It doesn't right. mean you're committing to those things. It's just like we have it so we can just like stamp it as done. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, after two weeks, no news is good news. You don't even have to let us know that you're keeping the pet. We right. just kind of time you out in the system um, and finalize the adoption. So there's a really low level of follow-up. So say you take the animal home and everything's going fine. You do, It's not something else you have to add to your to-do list. You don't have to email someone or come back in or make a phone call. Got it. You just kind of do what you're doing, and then we take care of finishing that paperwork process for you. So we try to make it super user-friendly. Yeah. And then if you decide it isn't a good fit for whatever reason, you make an appointment to bring the dog back to the shelter. Well, and I think it helps you guys too, like because – a, he got out of the shelter, you know, gave him a break or he or she, and, and you get to learn all these other things about, you know, like yeah. they do like, you know, they chase squirrels or they love peanut butter or they hate crates or, you know, it's all those nuances that they can help the next person. And a, they got out of shelter and got a break. That, yeah. That's a huge thing too. And we asked that they send when they do bring him back. And I have yet to have anyone say no, but asked to send like a picture and a bio of how the dog was in their home. And they, so far, I don't know if it's just luck or if it's going to be a continual pattern, but I've had like six that have come back that they didn't keep for various reasons that went back up for adoption and they all got adopted relatively quickly. Oh, good. Because I think they looked healthier. Right. Because they were all dogs that had been there for a little bit. You have to, um, we try and steer people with the program towards dogs that have been there for at least a couple of weeks. Like, right. And so they looked healthier. Mm-hmm. Got Their a nice pictures bath. were better. They got a bath. Mm-hmm. They had a great bio. Um, and they got adopted much more quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Win-win. 